the strategy for me was to still keep in touch with my clients through Instagram, Instagram live, IGTV. Those are the platforms that definitely helped me strategize what it was to keep everyone still connected within our community of clients, guests, people we've worked with. That was keeping our community of, of guests. It's no secret that the coronavirus is affecting all of us as individuals. But the effect it's having on business, especially small business, is unprecedented. We need a game plan, and fast. If we're going to survive this, we need resources and we need each other. We can't do it alone. I'm Jesse Torres, and this is Hack My Business. With my background in economic and workforce development, disaster preparedness, and general business strategy, I know I can help you navigate this scary time in your business and beyond. It's all about resiliency. I'll have the most current solutions and best practices available so we can ensure your business not only survives this crisis, but thrives once we start moving forward again. Co-hosting with me will be my colleague, Sid Varakura, principal of 10-Page Memo. We'll have invited experts to help us navigate through the current noisy landscape of resources and programs that are being made available today and who will be able to prepare us for tomorrow. Let's do this together. I'm Jesse Torres, and this is Hack My Business. You're listening to Hack My Business in partnership with Avant House Media. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to like and leave us a review of your thoughts on the show. Welcome to Hack My Business, a podcast designed to help you, the entrepreneur, hack to success by giving you the best tools, tips, and access to experts that can help you to launch and grow your business. My name is Jesse Torres, creator of Hack My Business, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sid Rockera. Senior Vice President for Strategies 360, Sid and I are leading this special episode series, which is focused on helping small businesses impacted by COVID-19 pandemic get back on their feet and strategize for the future. Sid, how's it going today? Hi, Jesse. I am feeling pretty frazzled, as a matter of fact. <laughs> What's going on? You know, it's a good thing to be frazzled and stressed because it means we have clients and we're just kind of like being busy. But it's funny because like I really try to like, you know, maintain some sort of balance during the day being really busy, but also just staying calm through it all. And today, for some reason, I just, I, it just wasn't working for me. Have yeah. you had those days? Oh yeah. Like every day, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's just the uh, pandemic that adds it this layer of stress or anything. I'm, I'm sure it does, but it makes everything, everything just a little extra. You know what I mean? Like a little extra excruciating sometimes especially just one thing goes wrong it throws the entire day off every week in, at covid feels like four months of <laughs> time. it really does but i gotta say you know i always look forward to our podcast sessions because it's definitely is a change up in the day and it's always good to talk to you my friend because i know you're always uh, at least i know that you're going through the same thing that i am so it's good to be chatting with you same here pal awesome well i'm excited to be welcoming today's guest sherry young owner and operator of the Art Form Studio uh, to today's show. The Art Form Studio is a hybrid hair salon and record store located in the historic LA neighborhood of Highland Park, where they relocated a few years ago after spending a decade in downtown LA Arts District. At Art Form Studio, Sherry handles the haircutting and the makeup side of the house, while her husband, Adrian, who's a well-known music producer here in LA, he manages their record boutique, which features thousands of rare vinyl and books right there in the same facility. Sherry has been working to perfect her craft of hair and makeup artistry 
industry for over 20 years now. And she learned about the art of hair through the foundation of haircutting courses at Vidal Sassoon in LA, a creative and, and haircut and hair color technique course at Redken in New York, and then further her training at Carlton Hair International. Uh, she's also worked at many different upscale salons throughout LA County before starting our firm. So I'm excited to have her on the show, one, because she and I share a similar history in that my my family actually owned a hair salon. So I feel like I've been in the world of hair for for a significant part of my life. So I'm excited to talk about that. But we're going to chat with her about the ins and outs of running a popular hair salon and, and a community space like our firm studio. We'll talk a little bit about what it's like to work with her husband uh, and manage the business. Definitely her challenges in regards to COVID-19 and, and how does she strategize around the reopening. And then also some uh, interesting conversation around gentrification, which is a big issue right now in Highland Park. And then just also just this, you and I were just chatting, you know, how do you stay motivated in these really kind of turbulent times? So Sherry, it's great to have you with us. Welcome to Hack My Business. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sherry, this is Sid. I just have to first say to you that um, I'm so glad we're not doing this by video because then you would just, all you would do is critique how horrible my hair looks <laughs> after four months of being in self-quarantine. <laughs> oh man, I mean, that's the beauty of it right now because quarantine is making everyone grow their hair out right now and everything's healthy and yeah, it's making everyone look so different and you know, you kind of feel disheveled, but now that I started opening up, it, it helps with everyone's mental state and self-care right now that everybody needs. I'm happy to be open, but of course, there's so many other issues that are surrounded by reopening. But I am happy to, to be open to see the community of people that we've grown together over the past 15 years of opening up our business. I bet. Well, you know, one thing we'd like to do before we kick off any, any show is talk about a hack that you use for your own business life. You know, something that can help others in regards to productivity or efficiency. So really curious, you know, do you have a personal business hack that you'd like to recommend? You know, I do this and I do this with my team and, and my family. I have five points of priority that I share with everybody. And for me personally, I go through my five points are health, love, finance, organize and clean. Health meaning what am I doing every morning, like working out, eating right, drinking enough water through the day. Love would be loving myself. And if I love myself, I know I could love others. Finance, like I go through all these five points like in the morning so I can make sure I have like a checklist that I go throughout my day for productivity. Finance would be like bills and budget and how I can, you know, grow financially. Organize is organizing pretty much what my day goes through with clients, my kids, my family, and what I want to do for other events that, that Artform Studio is involved with. And then cleaning. Uh, once I organize everything around me, I, I need to clean it all up. <laughs> so that kind of is helpful with, with COVID right now too. So those are my five points of priority. I try to tell everyone, like, if you have these, these strong five points of priority when you wake up in the morning have your five points of priority on your checklist. So that way you can keep it in mind so you can move on throughout your day. That is amazing. Sid, are you as organized as Sherry is? I was just going to ask Sherry if she could be my personal coach, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, when you sit in my chair, that's who, who I am really is, is people's personal coaches when not just hair care. It's just really like overall discussions, not just about hair, but it's it's really more than just hair when you're sitting in my chair, at least, or even stepping into the art form studio. It's definitely an experience when you do walk into the art form studio. It's like you walk into like a time capsule. A lot of things in there 
is like we have our record store. My husband collects a whole bunch of records, artifacts, historic artifacts. I, I collect historic hair artifacts that people don't really use anymore. So it's, it's pretty interesting how you say that because that's what a lot of people think I am sort of their therapist per se. That is awesome. Sid, how about you? What's your, what's your best business hack for today? It's hard to compete with that, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, five, it's... <laughs> she had five points. She articulated them in a way that everybody could understand and actually, like, live by. It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of hard. I, I was, I was going to say the same thing because I was going to recommend a tech tool. I'm like, oh, no. it sounds so lame compared sounds, to... <laughs> can we just move on, Jesse? Let's just move on. You're right. You, you go. You go, Sid. You go. Yeah, the next yeah. Gary, that, that, was, that was so wonderful. And, and thank Thank you for sharing that with us today. This is such a wonderful way to segue to this question, but I'd love for you just to share your personal journey with us. What what led you to start Artform Studio? My parents were immigrants from the Philippines and they're business owners themselves. My mom, actually, I thought I was going to go into pharmacy like my mother, but she did see that I was more interested in doing hair and styling. And she was the one that encouraged me to go into this route. So she said, if you do this, I encourage you to start your own business and under one condition. She had said that I'd have to go to business school for her to support me and help me finance the start of my business. And so with the Artform Studio, going into to business with my husband was definitely something that we both worked together on. It, it was really good to feel that I had a lot of support. Both of us had a lot of support into opening up the art form studio, which was only a hair salon at first, but did have a lot of emphasis on music and art. How did you guys decide to meld in those, you know, music and the idea of that kind of community space? How did you, how did you guys arrive at that concept? You know, the concept, it's funny. The way I met my husband was at one of his club parties. It's more like a dance, hip hop community dance parties where there was no dress code. There was just a bunch of DJs with that knew how to mix really good music of hip hop, house, R&B, soul music. And so when he was doing a, a documentary on dance, there was this question about what uh, he did a, a documentary on dance. And so he asked this dancer, what is what is dance to you? And he said, it's an art form. And that word stuck to me. And that's how I I named the art form studio because of how we implemented different types of art between music and styling together. And that's how we kind of came up with this type of concept where it, it originally meeting in a place where there is a community of dancers and who appreciate art, the art of dance, the art of style. That's how we kind of brought our careers together to create art form studio. That's amazing. And how do you, uh, you know, my wife and I, we're both working on the home right now. We don't work for the same company. She has her own firm. We can barely handle each other being in the same office all day long. So how do you guys manage that? You know, how does that work for you? Is it, you know, do you bring the work home, you know, or are you guys seeing each other 24 seven? How do you guys manage that kind we of relationship? Do. We see a lot of each other because I mean, his, his music studio is behind the art form studio. So, I mean, he kind of has his cave there. And I have my, my space in the front. You know, he does have other people working with us. We also have a, um, a business partner, Andrew Lajero, that helps us with our events, our community events and book signings. Um, he has his huge bookshelf, uh, great, great curated books. And my husband's 
record store. So we have, we have a really good business relationship. I think that's really strong and, and, and the way we just work. I think we both have different ideas sometimes, but as long as we have like a good meeting of the minds of why we are going, wanting to go in a certain direction, we have to be able to explain it. A lot of times I'm very emotional and very fiery. So I tend to like, okay, I'm learning to control my emotions at times. But I mean, I think through COVID, the, the pandemic and everything that's going on, it really helped me self-reflect on what really means the most to me and how we want to continue to run our business because it really is just more like a day-to-day kind of process for us now and that, you know, we we do need some time apart. (laughs) So he does on and off go into his studio and just kind of focus on what he needs to focus. And we come together with our team just like at least once a week to like go Mm. over everything. I know I'm going to need to have a separate conversation with him because in doing background on both you guys and our firm studio, I saw that he's connected to um, Alicia Himahamid from Tribe Called yes. Quest. Yes. And Tribe Called Quest is one of my favorite bands of all time. Like, just uh, I love that band. So I'll need to have a whole separate conversation with him, just so you know, Sherry. Definitely. Yeah, he's they're both amazing, amazing artists. That's amazing. But Sherry, I'd love to like just kind of like pick up on something you just were talking about, and that's really just about COVID. These are just such uncertain times for everybody. And hair salons, just like other highly interactive industries, restaurants, fitness studios, seriously have been impacted by the virus. What was the shutdown like for you? And I'd love to know about your strategies around reopening, but you know, there's, there's uncertainty even today about which businesses can remain open as we've start seeing like spikes in this first wave of, of COVID. Let's talk about all of those things. And maybe you could just like talk about individually what it was like and then how you're trying to like reassess the business strategy in these uncertain times. Oh, it's been, it's definitely, definitely was definitely difficult for our industry in the hair and makeup industry. I mean, even makeup artists can't really do makeup on faces right now. It's really, difficult to say one that can even be a service that can be provided for hair because we're it's such a high risk business we have a whole six page protocol that we have to go through which is definitely it it was hard in the beginning but um it's the strategy for me was to still keep in touch with my clients through instagram instagram Live, Instagram, like IGTV, those are the the platforms that definitely helped me strategize what it was to to keep everyone still connected within our community of, of clients, guests, people we've worked with. That was probably, it, it was just really hard because we did share, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to apply for loans? Are we going to what are we going to do? I mean, I had brides that wanted me to do their hair and I just couldn't do it. I just didn't feel safe. And that was really tough because they wanted someone to do their hair at that time. And it was just too risky. And I had to say, I'm sorry. No, but I can help. I can teach someone to do your hair if you're okay with that. So I would go on Zoom. I do a lot of like hair tutorials on Zoom, even when people don't want to come back to the salon just yet they're okay with me teaching them and guiding them through step-by-step processes on their hair education in hair trimming hair styling 
cutting their kids' hair. So that was actually very beneficial to how we were still kind of, we weren't staying afloat, but it was still keeping our community of, of guests still, you know, were in their minds and they wanted to keep something for themselves to just stay safe during this time. So, Sherry, can I just say, you know, I would love for you to give both me and my wife a Zoom lesson because the other night she literally put a rubber band on my head over my ears (laughs) and then just hacked away. I mean, yeah, you got to do something. Oh, yeah, I can totally teach her. It's just like definitely step-by-step processes. It's just how I was taught for Vidal Sassoon had such a great foundation of haircutting and it was very meticulous. That's why when I describe how to cut hair for my trainees, I, they're there for like maybe three, four hours just to do one haircut. And it's because the details, it, all the details count. And, and when it's a great haircut, that haircut will last you a very long time. Especially during COVID right now, all my clients that are coming in right now, like, Sherry, can you go a little bit shorter? Because we don't know if we're going to be on the shutdown again. So as long as your hair has been growing, you come back to getting a haircut, it's going to be shorter than usual because you really don't know when you even want to come back out. You know, Sherry, something that I've noticed, maybe I always had a different perspective on hair about how personal it is, but just how frustrated people were by the inability to get that haircut, get their hair styled, because it's such a sign of things being normal, you know, and I don't know if you felt the same way, but people really took that very hard. I think of all the things that, you know, really kind of shook them. The yeah. idea that they couldn't get their haircut the way they're so used to was really kind of the most like perplexing to them. And it was right. really interesting. I was just curious if you had any thoughts around that. Well, you know, I have one client that says like, you know, he gets his haircut once a month and it's a grooming process. It's cleanliness. It's something that he always did since he was young. So when he found out his wife didn't get her hair done once a month, he was kind of appalled and almost disgusted. <laughs> like, why don't you get your hair done once a month? I do. So it's more of a, I'd say more for men, it's more grooming. Like you said, it's, it's a more of a normalcy for women. It's, it's self care and also therapeutic, not just styling. But it was, it was definitely, I missed it for me, especially. It was more like therapeutic for me too, just to be able to be with my clients and help them with their self care. It's been a really tough journey. I mean, just sitting down with each individual person was, they felt better again trying to get a, getting a haircut. They felt some sort of normalcy again. And it's definitely tough. But when I do help my clients online, it's of course not the same, but at least they get something to help them cope through trying to be normal again. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, the reopening process for you? What have been some of the, uh, I guess, some of the biggest challenges in reopening? Reopening the six page protocol is, I mean, it changes every week too. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell, can you tell everyone about that? You know, that six page protocol, what exactly is that? What that is are particular guidelines to stay safe. For instance, you know, having, you know, making sure everyone has their masks, making sure you tell all of your, your team members that they have to wear a mask, having their hands sanitized completely. If they are feeling any of the COVID symptoms, which I have to add three more symptoms to my COVID symptoms that have changed over time. If they're feeling 
feverish, if they're coughing, you know, please reschedule your clients, um, stay home, and here's a place that you can get tested. So that was, you know, it was a bit of an issue for some of my stylists. Some were like, oh, I don't want to wear a mask. Some were, were like, please tell other people to wear a mask. So I had to set my standard of care just for the art from studio. Even if I abided by all of the protocols, I went a little further and got portable air filters for working stations. I had to make sure I was getting tested just because I knew I was going to get to see other more people. Some people did take their tests and we have to take them every two weeks just to make sure we're, we're healthy. But it's, it's really because the governor said, okay, you can work like tomorrow. I was mm-hmm. on Amazon. I was trying to find everything. I went to Target to find extra masks and hand sanitizers. Mm-hmm. These are extra expenses on top of, you know, everything else that we have to pay for that we had to push back. So it's been tough. I finally got my plexiglass on top of my retail counter. That was probably the only thing I, I needed to get. But everything else, like having hand sanitizing stations in front of the the business at the entrance and at the um, exit, I had to get a contactless thermometer to check everyone's temperature. Your stylists, are they are those employees of yours? Are those independent no, contractors? They're all independent contractors. So I still have to provide that for everybody, even if they are independent contractors on the protocols. It does say that, you know, if you own this business, you should be providing all of this for everyone on your team. So how do you make sure that they're following all those protocols? I mean, if they're not essentially your employee, you can't really dictate to them like as as an employee, but they're operating within your space. How does that work exactly? I have waivers. I could say they're questionnaires too. Every person has, if they are going to be in their chair, everyone has to sign one and send, send it to me. So that way, if there is contact tracing, someone had COVID, they would have to either call all the clients and say, hey, you know what, someone had contracted it from this time to this time, just trying to be safe and contact someone or contact your doctor to, to get screened or, you know, stay at home for the next 14 days. We haven't had any issues yet. I think, I mean, I'm there almost every day too. So I see people coming in and checking in, getting their temperature checks. I mean, these temperature Thermometers, they're not the most accurate, but when someone does come in and they've been waiting outside and they have a cap mm-hmm. on, you know, they're, they're going to be hot. So we'd make them just wait a while until mm-hmm. like maybe 30 seconds to a minute and their, their body heat isn't as hot. We'll do it again, but we do make them kind of settle in first and then we check their temperature again. You know, Sherry, I just appreciate the effort you're putting into this. I think every business needs to do this to both provide confidence to their customers, right? That, that yes. you're doing everything above and beyond necessary to protect everyone's safety. I mean, I've heard a lot of folks throwing around that this is the new normal. I just hope it's the healthy normal and healthy can mean like all, you know, beyond whatever is the next phase of COVID. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about how you as a business owner are projecting that confidence to customers and not the ones that are coming in the door because those folks clearly are already there and ready to take those extra measures. But to maybe your other customers who haven't yet made the leap of faith to kind of go back into the world. So what are those strategies that you're doing to reach out to them and exude confidence? 
Well, I do tell them that I do have high risk hours too upon request. So that's when we, right before we open. So I take in clients that either are children, older, older individuals, people who do take care of their family members that are high risk. So I open up as early as 8 a.m. and I let them know like nobody else is coming in. It's just me and you. They even take extra measures and bringing in their own gloves, their own hand sanitizers. I try to make them feel as safe as possible. Sometimes I'll reach out to them and ask them, you know, this is what we're doing. Do you, do you feel comfortable coming? And when you do feel comfortable, this is what I offer. And a lot of them appreciate that. So they've asked to come in actually right before we do open. That's really great. You know, we've had a few economic development officials, state and kind of regional folks on our show talking about reopening the economy and small businesses. You know, to be honest, recent reports are showing that minority businesses in particular are being disrupted by the pandemic. What do you think are some of the best ways the government can step in and help entrepreneurs at a time like this? And the last thing I'll just say about that, how minority businesses are impacted is Brookings Institute actually showed that in the economic recession of the 2000s that minority businesses were impacted hardest, but it was minority businesses that actually got the economy moving again. Mm -hmm. So kind of with that context, I'm just curious what you would love to see from, you know, our state and our local governments do to support our businesses. Well, it's really tough because a lot of us are independent contractors Over time, we did see more help from the government for independent contractors. I I just want to see more of it because there's still a lot of help out there just for people who have employees. I try to make sure that, you know, if my team needs help, you know, I just that some of them are not ready because, of course, they have they're getting government assistance. And when they're ready to come back. I'm just, you know, letting them know, like, you know, because you're not back yet, yes, this will affect your business. And what are the steps that you need to take at this moment to pivot your business when you don't have government assistance or when you do have government assistance? Even if you do have it coming back in in August, it's just such a big time lapse. How are you going to come back to a workplace where no one can really feel like they can come back yet. I mean, we don't even know what's going to happen in August still, right? So I feel like the government can step it up and offer more government assistance and try to see what other grants are available for us because it, it is definitely, it's been tough for me personally. I haven't really had a lot of good experiences right now because I'm an independent contractor. But yeah, I mean, like we just talked about it with um, talking to Jesse about Getting PPE assistance, that would definitely help anything. Anything helps, really. (laughs) Anything that can help manage our expenses. You know, we do have a deferment of our rent happening, but you know, with the economy coming down, what, what's, what good is deferment going to help me? I have no idea what that's going to do in the next year for me. So it's just every day is different. Every day we ask for certain things. Are we getting them? It's just waiting. We're just waiting. It's all a waiting game. Yeah, it definitely feels like we're in this strange zone. You know, I, I talked to my, my local business owners here in South Pasadena 
And it feels like everyone's in this kind of weird, I don't know how to describe it, purgatory, kind of limbo. Yeah. Like, you know, they received this initial round of funding from, say, the feds, you know, the, the PPP program. And now that money is starting to run out. They've reopened cautiously. And, but now, you know, they're burning through PPE, um, protective equipment for personnel, for, for employees. And so they're, they're burning through that every day that the gloves, the masks. And so now the worry is like, how are we going to afford all this, this stockpile every month? And in addition to that, the idea of like, oh, now I'm going to totally change my business strategy to be able to accommodate people with this plexiglass in front of me. You know, it's just, um, it's just such a unique time. Are you feeling the same way that you're kind of in this, this strange new world? Definitely. We were just talking about this with a client of mine, like we, we pushed our life on pause for the last three months. And then all of a sudden we came into a a different dimension of like, why, why are we here? How did we get here? But like Sid said, new normal, but for me, it's practice makes progress. Like after this, after the pandemic, how is this going to change our lives? For me, it's, it's actually more therapeutic for me to clean. Like, I mean, we are already a clean salon, but, but the protocols really state cleaning everything everything before every client, sanitizing everything before every client. So that has been my practice before, but thoroughly cleaning it before every client that comes in is definitely such a very, very clean practice. Like I had a a stylist with me that was from Japan and she said, you know, Sherry, like our practice in Japan, cleanliness is, is what our livelihood is all about. And, you know, if, if you practice this and put this apart as a part of your everyday life, this is, this is going to keep you healthy. And that I understood it more now (laughs) going through, through the coronavirus that it's very, very something that, that I want to implement more. So even after going through the coronavirus. Sherry, I want to uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about, you know, something else that's happening right now. I mean, in addition to all the COVID-19 pandemic issues, we're, we're going through this very turbulent time. You know, a lot of social unrest, a lot of protests happening in response to the uh, George Floyd murder. And you happen to operate a business in a part of LA, which for those people who don't know, is going through what a lot of people are calling gentrification, you know, uh, you know, rapid change of, you know, economic and uh, demographic kind of profile change, right? And so I want to talk a little bit about that and kind of get your experience, see what it's been like for you. Uh, you know, I definitely have my own thoughts about it. You know, I, I was born here in LA. My parents are, they're both from Mexico, actually the same, same small town of Mexico. They lived in East LA. We have family that's from Highland Park and friends that have lived there. And so I've seen the dramatic change. And in many ways, I've always viewed it as positive, you know, but I know things are, you know, just like everything else, very complicated, very complex. And we'd just love to kind of hear your perspective. You know, one, what do you think about that word gentrification, right? How are you operating in that, that kind of unusual, fast changing world? And how are you adapting as a business owner? When we did move into Highland Park, you know, I, I didn't know how our business was going to, to be. I, I mean, I knew I had a good opportunity to have a storefront, an actual storefront moving into Highland Park. When I was walking around Highland Park before I opened up the business, I saw a lot of my clients walking around. I saw uh, around Highland Park already. So a lot of them lived in the area, but not really stayed in their area to spend time in their area at that 
time yet. So me moving in, I felt like, okay, I think this is my new home. I feel like my friends that lived in Highland Park or still living in like the surrounding parts of Highland Park can come to Highland Park again and feel like it's, they can put back into what they really wanted to as they were growing up. Cause it was really difficult in Highland Park when they were growing up, they couldn't stay there. It was just, nothing was around. Um, having a business like the art form studio, we welcome all people to come in and, and experience what it is to, to be a part of a community. It's definitely, it was hard for other people to see that. Not a lot of people knew who I am and who, who my husband is. Us being black and Filipino owner of the art form studio, it's, I think the, maybe the younger generation didn't know who we really were. So they didn't feel like we should be in Highland Park or had felt that are we even a part of their community, which I do, I do have events that I do work on and in the past where we do involve a lot of local organizations, nonprofit organizations that we donate to and bring into the art form studio to hold small community events. Um, that's something that I've always liked doing, even when we were in, when we moved into Chinatown first in the arts district and now here in Highland Park. My kids dance for a nonprofit organization called Culture Shock. It's to bring kids together through hip hop dancing and, you know, just respect one another through the arts. And I've invited Las Fotos, that is a community of photographers, young lady photographers that are in the area. So it's we, we work with local nonprofit organizations that we welcome. And being Filipino, I always felt growing up that I didn't really have a place that I would always fit into. But when you step into Artform Studio, if you always felt you couldn't fit anywhere, you can feel like Artform Studio would be your home. It's yep. something that we, we strive on. You know, it's funny that you say that, uh, Sherry, because I think that's like the way to wealth, that kind of culture and environment is what welcomes young people mm-hmm. into a space to actually become part of their community. And I thought it was interesting that you said that young people were not as accepting at first. So how has that changed if it has changed, you know, now that you're kind of established? Well, it's funny that once, once we had said, take a look at what we've done in the past. If you have any other questions, please contact us personally. Because there was, you know, some online questions questioning our community involvement and what we do. Because there were maybe a younger generation than, than us. Like I'm where me and my husband are in our 40s now. So maybe it was like the 20 to 30 year olds not understanding where we came from. I think after they saw what we did, within our type of community, it kind of backed them off and said, oh, okay, so they are doing some things in the community that help shape for the better for for younger, you know, for the youth. Like, I always work with a lot of youth programs. And I think maybe because they were from Highland Park, they wanted to make sure, are you promoting yourself at Franklin High School? Are you going to Burbank Junior High and offering like your community services. I always invite them to a lot of these events that I personally do called the Art Forms of Yesterday. And what the Art Forms of Yesterday is, they are hair care session events that through hair history and certain decades, we focus on different social justice issues and we support local organizations to be involved. So those are, are ways that I have been doing these sessions to invite 
everyone in the community to come in and, and share what we know. Part of me wonders if the reason why the younger generation may be having a different reaction is they don't really fully understand the history of, of a, you know, a community like Highland Park where, you know, I, when I remember in the, in the late nineties, they had an extremely high, you know, homicide rate, you know, yeah. and I wonder if their perspective is of, you know, their, their experience growing up is very different from maybe those of us that, you know, grew up in the nineties and just, had a very different reality understanding. And so when we see change coming, you know, we, we tend to view it through maybe rose colored glasses, right? And then maybe they have a very different perspective as far as how people are tied into the community and, and what that means to them. So it's, it's just really interesting kind of hearing you say that the younger generation may be having a, you know, a few more issues than maybe some of us who are a little bit older and just have a different view of, of how the, the change is happening. Yeah. I think it's like maybe they're just focused on what on trend of, of what's going on with their generation. Maybe I'm not on trend. <laughs> you know, we're, we're kind of like very much on the history of style and music. So maybe there's other issues that they, they feel need more, more help when it comes to community involvement. Um, but lately we haven't had any issues with community involvement. I know a lot of our neighbors have definitely been pointed fingers on about, you know, Black Lives Matter or being a part of the community. And, you know, I, I, I think my husband is the only black owner on our block, really. And when there was the riots happening, we were like, oh, you know, we're just we're just going to write it out. We're not going to board up. We're going to stand up and and be with our community and write it out. If there was a riot, for me, and my perspective was, you know, you can repair and replace items, but you can't take back these black lives. So if we're a part of this movement, we're just going to keep going. That's such a great statement, actually, Sherry. And I guess I'm really curious if you could just share with us, you know, like we're all like any business owner, it's like our child, right? Like that's kind mm -hmm. of, we're growing. And I'm wondering what you are hoping for or what you're planning for, which is next for the Artform Studio. What's next for us is my husband is involved with a lot of programming himself and working on different campaigns. And for him, his recent campaign for this company was, are you a part of the movement or are you just part of the moment? And for us, sharing the history of social injustices, we incorporate them into our work. For me, hair was a, made a statement in the 70s. And I think we're all making statements now. We're kind of being forced to make the statement of having long hair and big afros and all of that after the civil rights movement. The statement of having long natural hair was going against the norm. And so right now, the next thing for us is to keep sharing what we've been sharing. And because I think back, you know, a couple year or two, no one was really listening. And now people are listening. People, other companies are listening. Other companies want to be involved. Other companies want to do better. They want to know more. And knowing the history of what we've gone through will definitely educate them. And that's, that's what's next for the Artform Studio is to keep educating. I love that. You know, it reminds me of, so my dad, my dad had his own hair salon for many years in the Mission Hills in the San Fernando Valley. And the, uh, the name of the, um, the shop was called the Hair Lib, like liberated, you know, um, very much a take on, you know, the seventies. 
in the sixties kind of movements there. And I always thought that was, I mean, it took me, I have to say this, it took me a while to appreciate the name, right? Cause at first <laughs> I didn't get it, but now I really, I really, really understand after, yeah. you know, just the idea that your hair is, is a symbol of you, right? I mean, it's the, literally the first thing people see. It's a statement. You know, I, my nephews came over in a socially distant kind of way. They came over to our house and my oldest nephew, his hair is out of control, you know, like this be real kind of like yeah. Afro. And yeah. I loved it. I was like, oh man, that's awesome. Like, I want to see that. I want to see you get the hair pick. I want to see it plucked yeah. out. It's such a statement, you know. It's, so I appreciate, you know, the, what you're doing. And also I want to mention that I guess you and I also have a connection with Culture Shock, you know, because um, my friend Ira M. Hussein has been part of that group for a very long time. And it's been Arnell, who is, you know, one of the co-founders there. I appreciate your thoughts around how, you know, bringing in that kind of, that kind of artistry, right, to the shop and thinking about how, how do you meld it all together? Because I think the arts, the arts that, you know, dance is going to play such yeah. a big part in bringing us all back together, you know, uh, and I think that's part of what's been missing, you know, the inability for us to connect this at a concert or in a, a DJ experience, right, on the dance floor, that's really been limiting us. So I'm excited to hear that you guys are moving in that direction. Yeah, we are. I mean, we have something called the Art Form Radio, and that is broadcasted every Thursday from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., and that's on worldwidefm.net. So it's been streaming since January. Of course, before the pandemic, we were, DJs were in-house live streaming at the Artform studio from 12 to 8. Now it's more like we've just been doing pre-recordings and having them just stream it on certain days, actually on, on Thursdays. So it's been really refreshing to, to see that still happening. I want to ask, you know, for, for young people who are looking to follow into your footsteps, or seeking to plunge into entrepreneurship, you know, what's your advice for them? My advice for them is that, especially when it's in a service field, you really have to have patience for people. That's a big part of being in the service industry and being flexible, being open, listening to their thoughts and understanding what their, their wants and needs are and telling them, explaining to them what and how you should go about what you need or want to get done for the younger generation that I, I've been interviewing some people now. And I really look at their portfolio. I look at their Instagrams. I see, okay, are you ready to take on other types of services with hair? Are you ready to do textured hair? Are you ready to do different types of services? And if your Instagram doesn't show that you have a type of specialty, it's, it's not going to help you. So I've been telling a lot of people that I interviewing, that's something that you really have to work on is your social media engagement, social media postings, things that you want to do is what you will be receiving in, in services. So that's what I would tell a lot of my trainees, actually. So Sherry, this is the time in the show where we like to ask a question from one of our listeners uh, this one is actually coming from James in Riverside. Many small businesses are struggling to keep on top of all the changing protocols and keeping motivated during this hectic time. I like this question specifically because of the motivated piece here, and it sounds like you're a very motivating individual. So what advice do you have for them? For them, how to keep motivated is, you know, just really set schedules every day. If you don't really have a schedule every day, you kind of veer off and just 
don't know what else to do. Like with my five point priorities, it really helps me stay motivated and keep on a schedule. Because if you don't have a proper schedule, you don't get results done. Your intentions to get things done is to really go through all of the processes that you want to get done. So yeah, that's, that's how I stay motivated is just to really get a schedule going. Sherry, what's the best way for people to reach you and to learn more about our firm studio to schedule an appointment? What's the best way they can connect touch with you? Really, it's it's Instagram. It's at the underscore art form underscore studio. And my personal one for those of you out there that want to learn more about how I run my business and how my business practices are, you can personally reach me on my other Instagram. It's at Sherry Young. So it's S-H-E-R-R-Y-Y-O-U-N-G-E. The email address would be Sherry Young at theartformstudio.com. That's my email address. And going to our website, you'll find more about us at theartformstudio.com. And Instagram. Instagram has been such a, a really great tool right now, especially during the pandemic. It's been the quickest way to get to, to me, actually. <laughs> Well, we really appreciate you taking time out of, you know, always a very busy day to be with us. I know you've given Sid hopefully the confidence to go and finally get his haircut. Um, because he <laughs> or does you can go online. <laughs> can oh, yeah, go online. And get that education going. That's yeah, right. I'd love I need to, to see that. get past the rubber band. I got to get past the rubber band. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would love to see that, Sid. I would love to see you try to do your own haircut. I think that would, that would make my day. Sherry, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. I, I, Love all the tools that you guys share, and I'm definitely going to keep following. It's definitely given me a lot of perspective on, you know, running my small business. I need to really open up to a lot of the other other resources that you guys are giving. So really, I, I thank you guys. Thank you, Sherry. If you are a California business owner seeking out resources and support, please visit our website, COVID19BizTools.com, which provides a comprehensive listing of grants, programs, and services for COVID-19-impacted businesses. You can also visit COVID19BizTools.com to let us know what topics you'd like us to cover. Just reach out to us on the contact page on the website. Have a great day, and we'll catch you next time on Hack My Business.